You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. On the Maury Povich show, they they did their uh, famous paternity tests today. All of the guests tested positive for their uh, for for being a uh, a father. Brandon Jaggers. Those Jeff. guys would be good archers. I mean, they've got tremendous aim, it appears, right? And me, CC brought us. And I thought it was a great idea that me and a couple of my roommates go to Golden Corral. I've never been there in my entire life. I've never been to a buffet. Well, I liked Sizzler back when I was growing up. I thought it was a great thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Auxiliary Gate, episode number 92. I'm CC Broadus, and I'm joined on my left by Alan Schneider. Alan, how are you doing? I'm great. Why don't I ever get to be on the right? Huh? Why does it got to be on the left? Uh, when I came in the room, I, I sat down between the two of you, and you were on the left of me. So Okay. And just so people know, we are all in different residences, but we'll go with that illusion. Alan, the Winter Olympics are... Uh, Apparently taking place in China as we speak. I, I have not watched one minute of coverage. But uh, my question to you, whose side were you on in their great duel, Nancy Kerrigan or Tanya Harding? <laughs> that actually is a good question. I have not watched a moment of it either. I wish our athletes the best it, but it's really not my cup of tea or the, under the current situation over there like a lot of people. So, But that that aside – uh, Tanya Harding or Nancy Kerrigan? Uh, we're going back to what, 92, 93, right? I, I don't know. Mid nineties, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I gotta be on the side of Nancy Kerrigan, right? I mean, she's an no. attractive young lady who got, who got, uh, uh, wiped out. And it was a great story. I mean, you know, for those who wasn't around back then, it was, it was all the rage. Uh, but I, put me in team Nancy, I guess. I don't know whatever happened to Nancy well, Kerrigan. Yeah, Nancy Kerrigan was more. She's an elegant, classy person. Like Tanya myself. Harding. Yeah, Tanya Harding's more trailer park trash. That's that's kind of closer to where <laughs> I am in life. Actually, I'm a good hybrid of those two things. Actually, I I really am. I, I can go either way in that regard. So I, I I see your point there. It's it's a tough call. That's that I'm gonna go toss up. I know I know you know Kerrigan got galulied as they say uh, with the uh, with the crowbar, but uh, you know I. I I can't, I can't split them. But, uh, on my right is Brandon Jaggers. Brandon, how are you doing? Man, I'm drama free. There's no, uh, slashing of legs, uh, at this ensemble and, and in my house here tonight. Well, Brandon, we've got breaking news in the, uh, the world of zoology. Uh, this coming in from, uh, Great Britain, a, a UK zoo. Is calling in. This is from TMZ, by the way. A UK zoo is calling in the big guns to get its monkeys some sexual healing. That means a Marvin Gaye impersonator doing his best to get the primates in the mood. So this uh, this monkey forest in England, they've hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator to sing "Let's Get It On" to get these monkeys in the mood to breed. I, I suppose. Uh, Brandon Jaggers, my question to you is, what 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 puts you in the mood? Uh, it's certainly a weather type thing, and uh, it's probably the weather that's affecting them over there. 
So, you know, it's either that or COVID. So, uh, what puts me in the, <laughs> uh, this podcast, this podcast definitely <laughs> does it, but I want to give a big shout out to not, I mean, the U S and the medal count of the winter Olympics We're we have zero golds guys. We're at 17th. So I don't know. I guess America. I can relate like to that. Sports. I don't know. Um, it kind of goes part and parcel with a lot of things these days. So I guess I can understand that, but hopefully our guys will and gals will improve. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you what puts me in a better mood is the return of Turfway Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was canceled over the weekend because of the cold weather. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I hate February. It's the worst month on the calendar. It's the most depressing 28 days of, of life. And, uh, you know, things like Turfway helped me get through the month. But, uh, yeah, it was really uh, it was a slow weekend for us. Uh, but uh, the, it, hopefully it looks like it's going to return. Uh, three days of it start on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So uh, they haven't drawn for Saturday yet. So we don't know what the what the stakes situation is going to look like. But uh, very pleased. Uh, Ten races, I believe, on Thursday and Friday. Uh, that means two pick fives each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't That's know what true. they're going to do on Saturday. I would assume they were going to do the same on Saturday. So uh, that would be uh, that would be outstanding. But uh, uh, also, not this week, but the following weekend is a huge three-year-old prep. I'm kind of excited about this. I just saw the probables today. I believe the Fairgrounds Race Course uh, tweeted these out, the probables for the Risen Star Stakes, one of the major uh, Louisiana Derby prep races. We're looking at AP Secret Zandon from Chad Brown Stable, Papa Cap that ran third in the LeCompte. Call Me Midnight was the winner of the LeCompte. Smile Happy, who won the uh, the loaded Kentucky Jockey Club. Slow Down Andy is another uh, Doug O'Neill runner coming in from California. And then Epicenter, who was a runner-up to to Call Me Midnight and finished ahead of Should've Papa Cap. Should have been the winner. Tawny, Tawny Art, Bodoc, and Trafalgar. Trafalgar, I believe, is the, uh, I'm sorry, it's Tawny Port. Tawny Port, Bodoc, and Trafalgar. I think Trafalgar comes from the Al Stahl stable. But, uh, and then, uh, the Rachel Alexander will be run on the same card. Divine Huntress, Hidden Connection, La Crete, Dreamlift, North County, Awake at Midnight, and Miss Maddie B. Looks like we're going to see a, a matchup between Hidden Connection from the Calhoun Barn. And La Crete from the Asmussen Barn. Then you get Dreamlift from Deodoro. That's uh, two very important races there. I, I'm, that kind of uh, gets the blood boiling a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of excited about uh, next weekend. Oh, yeah, I think that's a fantastic. That, that version of the original star, all those names. It's impressive. My God, call me Midnight's in there. Uh, it's going to be, and you know what? From hearing that, uh, Hearing that lineup, it's going to be a good price again because it's a loaded lineup. Uh, you got the epicenter is going to take money off the top of my head. Uh, a couple of the other horses you mentioned. Uh, who else? Uh, who else did you mention up near the slow beginning? Slow down, there? Andy is a horse I'm looking for. Yeah, slow down, Andy Zandon. Yeah, yeah, slow down, Andy is you know kind of reminds me a little bit of Hot Rod Charlie last year. You know, shipped in from California. And I think he won the Louisiana Derby last year, but they're, they're probably trying to avoid all the Baffert All-Stars, uh, to run here. So I think that horse Smile is happy. Smile happy. Smile happy that, that one, yeah, we talked about on Twitter that, that Kentucky Jockey Club was absolutely loaded. Uh, there was a handful of winners that came out of that race. I think Call Me Midnight was one of them. Uh, Chris Classic Causeway hasn't raced yet, but he was a highly touted. 
and uh, there's, there's a handful of horses that, uh, that have really proven themselves since that race. So I think Smile Happy has a bright future. I'd be interested to see what he can do coming off the layoff in the Risen Star. You know, I, the, I the fairgrounds the fairgrounds puts together big, really nice stakes pack days. You know, they have their issues with the uh, with weather sometimes, and the fields can get short because of the the, the weather. But when they load up their Risen Star car, the Louisiana Derby car, their Lacombe car, they they do a nice job putting those fields together. I'm looking for a new shooter to win that, not coming out of the comp. I didn't think Papa Cap was worth anything. I, I don't know what happened to that day, but uh, I, I'm excited to see it. And you're right, Alan. I mean, they the fairgrounds does a fantastic job on big stakes days. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking 14 races. I mean, I think that's what the LeCompte Day was, 13 or 14. So I'll yeah. be looking for that again. And, to go back to Turfway, I was jonesing. I mean, I've never felt <laughs> like I needed my fix until, I mean, I, I thought we were racing Wednesday. I thought it was coming back Wednesday night, but I guess I'm I wrong. I think it's next week. Golly. So I have to wait it out. But two pick fives at Turfway, I mean, you got to find a single and keep in the budget. Yeah, and it's, it's the Turfway racing, we, we harp on it a lot. And, you know, people have their – there are tracks that they like, and, and sometimes I wonder why they play these certain tracks. But to each their own turf way to me, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, I don't care. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, turf way is the track to play for a variety of reasons, field sizes, potential payouts. The notion that, uh, say, to I don't know how often I got to say it, that it's uh, unscrupulous results. I shouldn't say that, but uh, – Results, head scratching results. That's just simply not the case. It's uh, I don't know what more you would want uh, from a racetrack outside of if, if you're there uh, to be a horse player that you like uh, big time exotic payouts, both vertically and horizontally. I, I don't know why you why anybody would not play turfway, but, but that's just me. So it's, it'd be agree, nice to have it back. Agree, agree, agree. There's and I know Caitlin agrees. She's doing a good job there, so I'm sure she's anxious to get back to work too. Yeah, I'd be following her on Twitter. She's got she puts out those picks, and so they're pretty good. She's got a good yeah. strike rate, I think, in the I, yeah. in the ITM department. There you go. All right, so let's move on to our guest. I'm just going to throw this question out to either one of you. Uh, can you name your favorite French influence on American racing? Oh, oh my goodness! Uh, I, I can come up with two off the top of my head that I, that I think. Uh, uh, well, we'll 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 let you answer. Go to Cova. That's one. Go to There you go. Go to Cova's one. And I do I am I going to guess the other one or is Brandon going to guess the other one? Well, well, this is just my personal opinions, but you know, there's there's plenty of ways to go. I mean, the arc. For me, it's Miesque. Miesque is the oh, yeah, first Miesque. French influence I remember to to racing, and she won the Breeders' Cup Mile back to back for Freddie on with Freddie Head on her back. Uh, Miesque uh, then was a prolific mare. I think she produced King Mambo, who was a top miler in France, and then he stood at stud here in Kentucky and I think he sired Lemon Drop Kid. I know that's right. He's, yeah, that's right. He sired Lemon Drop Kid who won the, the Belmont stakes and who who also became a, a really good sire. So yeah, my favorite French influences are definitely Goldacova, who was a three time Breeders Cup mile winner, and Mines. What about Jerry Lewis? 
he or he influences French people, right? Jerry Lewis. Hey, I don't know that story. Well, I don't know. Uh, they say French people love Jerry Lewis. I don't know. I, the I, late I, Jerry Lewis. You know, that's that's more for the uh, pop culture segment. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Podcast. We'll we'll cover that later. Brandon, I'd you want to come in here? Save us. I'd say some of the jockeys. That's where I would go. Seeing how they ride differently than the American jockeys. Uh, they're deadly on turf. Uh, and I, I don't know how you do that, but maybe it's in their, their breed, but, you know, where they come from and how they've learned. But it's way different than some of them, how they ride. So uh, I like watching some of the jockey influence from France. Well, guys, uh, we're going to have our own French influence to the podcast, and we're going to introduce our next guest right now. Our guest this evening is a jockey that has certainly made a name for himself in the past 12 months. Arriving here from France in 2018, he started out slow, but has gathered momentum quickly as of late. In 2021, he won 59 races, and his mounts earned over $2.7 million. But his most significant accomplishment came aboard the Brazilian bred In Love, who captured the Grade 1 Keeneland Mile in October, a race that earned that horse a bid in the Breeders' Cup Mile a few weeks later at Del Mar. He is certainly one of the top riders at our own Turfway Park, with five wins and 48 starts this year. And we are pleased that he is joining us tonight. I'm speaking of none other than Alex Ashar. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Okay, let's let's get this out of the way first. We've we've got to we've got to pronounce your name correctly. Did I do a good job there? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Okay, so it just just so everybody knows, it's uh, it's it's spelled A C H A R D, but the D is silent. Is that correct? Correct. You don't pronounce the D. Yeah. Okay, so Alex Ashar. Actually, it, you said it was really Alexis, Alexis Ashar. Yeah, it's yeah, it's actually Alexis, but uh, uh, yeah, I switch, uh, I switch to Alex because some, some trainer were were confused at the beginning when I start writing, and uh, and uh, they, for some reason they they thought I was I was a girl, so <laughs> so I, I got just switched to uh, to Alex. Okay, so you came to the U.S. Uh, for good in 2018, but can you tell talk about your backstory? Uh, what did you do prior to prior to coming to the U.S.? Well, I I start uh, I start riding in France. Um, I went I went to the the, the jockey school in France. So uh, so we start at uh, at 14 years old, and uh, and the program uh, is uh, during uh, two and three years. And uh, so then after three years, uh, uh, I was done with the the program at at school, and then. Uh, uh so then i start riding start riding racing and um and and yeah um i start i was uh, probably uh yeah i was 18 18 19 years old and um i was uh, i was top top apprentice uh, like i think like 2 years later uh and yes that's that's how it starts which race tracks in france did you ride uh well i was i was uh uh um Mainly uh, uh, riding at uh, at the racetrack uh, in Paris, but, uh, but I travel a lot as well, and I was riding to all around the country, all the the small racetrack on the on the west, on the west, uh, northwest, and uh, and southwest. Uh, so so yeah, I uh, I've been traveling a lot and uh, and and rode on on a lot of different tracks. Did you ever get to ride at a Longchamp or a Chantilly? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Very often, uh, I I rode to to uh, to this track. Yes. 
how do those tracks compare to to maybe some something like Keeneland or a Belmont Park or Saratoga here? Uh, no, it's it's nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> like uh, when you ride at Longchamp, yeah, it's like huge. When you uh, <clears throat> when you ride like the um, the mile and the qu- and the mile and a half, sorry, and you you start at the at the very end of the rest track, it's like it's like you, you never see the end and uh it's uphill downhill it's 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 very it's very different than here and and like you you can't really compare uh uh the like the track in France and and in US so you started at a fairly young age 14 years old uh, what are some uh french riders that you looked up to like a uh, olivier peslier or uh yeah yeah Freddie yeah, head yeah. Or- Olivier Pellier is uh is is one of the best French riders ever and 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 even now he's he's like he's over 50 years old uh but just like Mike Smith you know he's like very you know picky on his what he's riding and and he's not riding uh much anymore but you know he's still uh you know still very uh, uh uh very competitive in the race and uh yeah it's just those guys they just uh, they just very they are very impressive you know so what are some key differences in between riding in france and and riding here uh the, the was there any adjustments that you had to make in your riding styles to to, to fit in here well it, it was more it was more about uh, riding on the dirt because we we don't have we don't have dirt track in france we we run only on the on on the turf we got uh more poly tracks now because uh because they they, they build uh poly tracks to run during the winter uh so we got poly track as well but but we don't run on dirt as well so at all i mean so uh so obviously that was the the biggest uh the biggest thing when i when i moved to 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 the u.s and uh, i was you know to adapt myself to to this you know so you're following in the footsteps of some very successful French riders uh, that that have moved their tack to the U.S. Uh, most notably, Julian Leperoux, Flavian Pratt, and Florent Giroux. Do you think seeing those those three guys having a big success in the U.S. did that boost your confidence? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I try, I try to. Uh, to accomplish uh, what they accomplished before, and uh, and obviously when I was riding in France, you know, I I saw I saw that from France, you know, they were doing so well here, you know, even you know even uh, even in France I was watching, and then uh, you know that's you know that's give you uh, that give you an idea, you know, like you know you can you can maybe you know do the same. Do you have uh, any personal relationships with with those three gentlemen? Well, I uh, I rode with uh, with Flavien a little bit in France because uh, he's a uh, he's uh, about my age. He's a little bit younger. I think he's maybe one year uh, younger. Uh, so uh, so we rode in France together, um, and uh, and yeah, I'm very uh, very I'm pretty close to uh, to Florent and uh, and even Julien because just because now we are riding at the same the same racetrack, so so we see uh, each other you know quite often and. Uh, yeah. So, Alex, I think your career really blossomed maybe over the summer. I I don't have a, a a really keen eye at these kind of things, but I did notice that you're you were riding really aggressively, uh, more more so than than before. Is that 
you know, you're like splitting horses, saving ground, those kind of things. But do you think that your riding has improved over the past year or is it just a matter of you getting on better horses? Well, uh, I, uh, I think it's both, you know, uh, obviously when you're getting on better horses, you know, that, that make the job a little bit easier. But, uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I had to adapt myself and, and, then. um, you know, in the U.S. is is a lot of about of speed. You know, so so you don't want, you don't want to be too far back, and uh, so I have to you know adapt myself about that and and ride a little bit more aggressive than I probably usually you know did in the past. Um, so yeah, that that that's just these two things together. Yeah. If you're just now joining us, uh, we're talking to a top local jockey. Alex Ashar, uh, Alan Schneider, do you have any questions for Alex? Uh, yeah, well, I was one of the ones guilty of thinking that uh, when I first saw Alex Ashar and I saw the name as Alexis Ashar, I admit I was guilty of thinking you may be a girl too, Alex. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that, but you understand, right? Yeah, well, that's uh, no, it's funny because uh, the, the first one, the first person who told me that, that was Michelle Lovell. And uh, and at that time, you know, we didn't know each other. And then uh, I stopped by our barn at Churchill and uh, and I told her, you know, that was probably like the next day, like I won that race at Churchill. And uh, and then she said, oh, uh, I saw your name on the program, but I, 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 I thought you were a girl. And then I, when I, I saw you like riding, finish your horse, you seem to be too strong to be a girl. And I say, yeah, well, that's... <laughs> My name is Alexi, but uh, yeah. So that's from that I uh, I talked to my agent, and then we decided to switch to Alex. So then uh, nobody was confused anymore. Yeah, well, to be in fairness to myself, <clears throat> when I initially thought that you were a female jockey, I did c- comment that you were one heck of a female jockey. I will say that. So, uh, uh, and you mentioned Michelle Lovell. Uh, she's a good friend of ours, and I know you've ridden a lot for her in the past, right? You've won for. And uh, so she's a trainer that probably gave you a, a bit of a a heads up when you came to the, this country, gave you a, a helping hand. I know Paulo Lobo has. Are there any other trainers that were really uh, going out of the way to help you when you first got here? Yeah, at the, at the really beginning, uh, I would say like the, the first the first guy was was Paul McEntee, um who uh, you know who I, I I get on most of his horses. So so that that, that was a, that was a good kick at the beginning. Uh, I would say like. Uh, really like the, the the first one and then um and then yeah i met i met michelle and michelle yeah she she helped me a lot uh um same thing like i was getting on you know uh at some point at uh on most of her horses and um yeah so i remember you rode a 90 to one shot i believe a 90 to one shot for michelle at churchill that almost won i think it runs second right uh if you if you recall that early in your career uh, whether or not you remember that, I'm not sure. But I also yeah, know you. I I you remember that horse? No, I don't remember the, the name of the horse. Uh, and I mentioned Paul Lobo a moment ago because we'd be remiss, and you know we're going to ask about this horse uh, because I'm sure you're in love with In Love, right? In Love put your career on the map, right? With, with that Grade One victory at Keeneland. Tell me yeah. about this. Yeah, well, uh, so at at first, uh, no, I, I wasn't riding the horse, and then um, um, and then uh, Paolo decided to uh, to ship the horse to to Harlington. So uh, so I kind of you know like you know pick up the mounts uh, because that was the first time you know I rode the horse, and um, 
and from that we uh, we uh, we won the race uh and then and then from Arlington we went to um uh, to Kentucky Downs to run the stakes and uh and that was that was a big surprise because the horse won won the race quite easy and uh and yeah so obviously uh, after that uh, we uh, we ran at Kiln on the grade 1 and that was that was even better <laughs> Has that been the highlight? I'm, I'm assuming that's been the highlight of your career so far here in America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when you reach uh, the Grade One races, uh, uh, it's uh, you know it's the best. But but when when you win win th- this kind of race, you know, it's it's even better. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's the highlight. Yes, definitely. And then you get to go to the Breeders' Cup with that horse too, right? So that had to be a thrill as well out there at Del Mar. Had you ridden at Del Mar before? No, that was my first time. That was my first time, and uh, yeah, uh, no, that was that was great. And you know, the stakes wins are actually starting to pile up now. I mean, uh, the the floodgates have opened. Uh, I believe uh, was a couple months ago. You you got you're on Mike Maker's horses now, right? Which is which is a a great way to get into uh, some some nice some nice stakes company. And one of those horses is Cross Border. Uh, yes. I think when the Prairie Bayou won very easily with a great ride from the far outside. Uh, how did that feel to win that stakes race at Turpo with such a classy horse? No, no, the, yeah, that, that was great. Uh, uh, I never rode, I never rode the horse before. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, the horse just did, did, did great. And, uh, um, he had a very, uh, very big tunnel foot at the end. And then that, that made the difference. And, uh, yeah, uh, he, he won actually yeah, pretty easy, like you said. You know, uh, Turfway is a little different than a lot of the racetracks we have here. Obviously, it's Tapita. They run at night. We have a lot of jockeys that run at Turfway. Uh, what is your take on the surface? What's your take on the racing there? Is there any, anything you try to do a little differently at, at, at a place like Turfway that you would some other places? Uh, is there a key to you? Is it about saving horse to the end? or what? I mean, I know each horse is different, but is there any method to what you do at Turfway Park? Well, uh, it, it depends on, on the on the condition. Uh, someday, someday you don't want to be on the rail uh, because it's a little bit dead. Uh, and uh, when it, when it's raining for some reason, like the, the I would say like the, the speed hold a little bit more. Uh, and you and that that straight is 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 quite quite short. So uh, if you uh, if you can make your move like. Uh, uh, turning for home and keep some momentum. That's that's your your best. Uh, that's that's gonna be your, your best uh, your best way to uh, to f- to finish. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like uh, the, the conditions of like the weather and the condition of the track uh, matters a lot uh, uh, over there. So I, I I would guess at times it gets cold in France. Uh, is it is it is it colder? Have you ever raced in France? Uh, to the level of the cold that you faced at Turfway. I mean, is, no. is it comparable at all? No, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that? How do you like that cold weather? Uh, actually, uh, I mean, uh, uh, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, I, I like that, but, uh, uh, at the same time, you know, uh, you know, I can I can deal with that. So, uh, so yeah, for now, I I don't know when I will get older, but uh, for now, I yeah. It. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm actually struck by how well your English is, how how uh, 
well, you speak our language. And I was wondering, did you know English before you came here? Is that something you, you had to learn once you got here? Uh, well, I, uh, I, I travel uh, a lot, uh, uh, before, before moving, uh, to the, before, uh, moving to the U.S. Um, and, but the first time I came, that was, uh, that was t- 10 years ago. Uh, I came to the States. Uh, I came only, uh, for the winter. That was like three months, uh, three months trip. I was galloping for, for Neil Drysdale. So yeah, that was, uh, that was 10 or 11 years ago. And at, th- at that time, I-, I wasn't speaking English at all. So, so yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty tough. But, uh, uh, yeah, from that, you know, you just, you, you, you learn and, uh, and then, yeah, I traveled to uh, other countries. So, so yeah, that's where it come from. <laughs> Can you speak any other languages? Uh, no, well, obviously I speak French, but, uh, no, I try to get into Spanish, but, uh, uh, yeah, it might take some time. Well, I'm, I'm impressed at how, how well your English, how good your English is. It's uh, better than mine if you've heard <laughs> me speak so far. Thanks. Um, I guess, you know, one of the basic questions I would ask somebody, because again, you're from France. So I know we talk about horse racing as podcasts is about horse racing, but I'm fascinated by people from other cultures and you're one of them. Uh, so, I guess since I've got a person from France here, I guess the basic question is, do you like living in Kentucky? I mean, we don't, we don't have the Eiffel Tower, we don't have the Arc de Triomphe, but what are some of the things that you do like that you've learned about Kentucky or American in general that you really do like? Uh, or dislike, or dislike? Yeah, no, I just like the, the, the lifestyle. Uh, I feel like, you know, uh, uh, everything here is going like 100 miles per hour and like <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing never stops. Uh, but, uh, no, I'm in Kentucky. Like, I really enjoy live, uh, living in, in Lexington. Uh, it's not, it's not a big town, but, uh, uh, you know, like the, I just think the, the landscape is, is pretty and then, uh, um, all is very green and then you got all the farms, uh, and, and everything around. So, um, no, I, I, I actually, I really do like it. Yeah. And what do you miss about France? I mean, what what do what does France have that we just will never be able to to measure up to? Uh, I, I'm sure cooking is one of them, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to, to I was going to say the food. So, <laughs> yeah. give give me something that you would like that you like that uh, that that we just don't do very well here. What's a good French delicacy? A good French dish that you really enjoy? Uh, well, I I don't know, but like. Uh, uh obviously the bread and the bread is something like uh uh you know i i can't i mean i can't find some bread here but like it, it will it will never be the same uh uh yeah and just uh, i don't know uh just little things uh uh dish i don't know but dish uh <laughs> or restaurants you know whatever uh anything french culture that you that you uh that we just don't measure up to french cinema is there any french movies that we don't know about that maybe we should know about that you really like uh french movies yeah because i'm i'm I, something i've wanted to delve more into but i don't know much about it i would probably waste my time on something what should i what should i watch uh yeah i don't know about that that's not the that's not all best things in the movies <laughs> <laughs> so stick with the american movies then right no, no. I mean, we we got some some good movies, but uh, it it won't be like you know like the blockbuster we got here, you know, in the U.S. Uh, no, we we got some cute movies, I would say. 
Well, if you think of some, you get back to me, okay? Because I actually am kind of fascinated by the French culture. And living in Louisville, Kentucky, I don't get a whole heck of a lot of it. So I'll send it back to CC. Well, I think uh, we've been joined now by Brandon Jagger. Oh. Brandon, you're on, yeah, you're on the line, right? Yep, I just made it. I apologize. I was at a mayoral fundraiser that went a little long for Craig Greenberg. Uh, for Louisville, so a shameless plug. And uh, but Alex, thank you. It's been great to listen. I've been uh, driving and listening at the same time, and and now I'm almost parked and home. But uh, uh, fascinating with your career. Obviously, you hit the map in 2021, and you're going to do big things in 2022. What what barns do you want to kind of get connected to? Is there has your agent kind of been keeping up with with some of the I mean, obviously, there's the top five barns in America. We all know who those guys are. But who would you like to run, race with or ride with uh, in 2022? Um, well, uh, since uh, since Turfway, uh I started riding for, for Kenny McPeak. And, uh, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think, uh, and all the horses I rode, like they are, uh, I feel like, you know, I, 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 they, they fit me pretty well or I fit them pretty well, whatever. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a big barn, you know, he, he, uh, he had such a, a good year last year as well. Um, so yeah, like, for example, yeah, a barn like that, I would be more than, than happy, you know, to, uh, to ride, you know, um, as much as possible. Do you find yourself, though, like in the mornings, are you going by those barns anymore just to check on some of the horses or see some of the two-year-olds that they have up in training? Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, I do uh, go to the barns in the morning. Uh, I, I mean, that's not something I'm, I'm doing every day, but uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's the part uh, part of the job. And um so right now, right now everything is a little bit quiet because it's winter time. You know, most of the trainer, especially if you talk about Brad Cox or some guys like that, they are, they are, they are out of town. But um, yeah, I just, you know, just try to just work on it and then uh, hustling. <laughs> hustling, right, <laughs> right. Well, I tell you, Turfway. I looked at some of the upcoming races. I mean, you're going to be pretty busy, especially with the, all the winter setbacks we've had, and I think they're making starts, you know, on Wednesday. And so do you care to tell any of our listeners, you know, kind of what you're excited, who you're excited to ride for over the next couple of days at Turfway? Uh, honestly, I, I look at it a couple of days ago, and then I don't remember exactly. Well, uh, just curious, uh, Alex, uh, is the is the uh, the short-term plan to stay in Kentucky for the coming year or, or – do you have other plans or what what are your immediate plans going forward? Uh well I guess when uh when Turfway is over so uh, so uh, uh just uh, Kinlong Kinlong is next uh and and then uh I will probably go back to uh to Indiana uh just because I think uh you know I think it's it's a good lift uh and i i don't think i'm going to uh, to move to kentucky like uh, for good uh, uh now i mean not yet uh but obviously it's the goal uh but i don't think it's going to be this year so but we never know but op- uh, hopefully next year uh that would be good we'll, well see speaking of restaurants you know indiana grand is a great racetrack uh, to visit the only problem i have with uh 
that area, there there are no good restaurants nearby. That the, the no, last time no. I was there, there's not a lot to choose from. That's for sure. But it's a it's a nice clean racetrack. Yeah, no, no, the no, the track is really good. Uh, they they have a good meet and they, they keep they keep uh, increase the purse. Uh, um, they have a, they have a great uh, tough course. Uh, no, no, it's it's a good meet. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> when you uh, when you leave the racetrack, <laughs> there is no much around. <laughs> All right, absolutely. So, uh, Alex, uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, uh, of course, we, the three of us follow Kentucky racing and Indiana racing very closely and, and, uh, we, we've noticed your, your, your rise and we're cheering for you every step of the way. We think you're a great jockey with a lot of potential and, uh, we look forward to, to seeing you in 2022 bring home a lot of winners. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's Alex Ashar, everybody, and uh, we wish him luck going forward. So thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. Okay, that was Alex Ashar. And get that name right because uh, this kid is a hell of a rider and super nice guy as well. So, gosh, the, the more podcasts we do, we, we're, I'm, I'm rooting for too many people. We're, we're cheering against ourselves. A yes, exactly. That's a, that's a great point. Everybody we have on. You can't help but root for him. Right. I mean, it's and Alex is another one. Just, just a great guy. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him, and it's it's hard not to pull for him, right, Brandon? Yeah, I totally agree. I was very impressed with the young man, and uh, and he took a big chance, and he came to America and had a hell of a 2021, and looks to be doing well in 2022. I agree. I agree. All right, really look, good guy. Let's rewind the clock now. You you said something about Jerry Jerry Lewis in France. Yeah, is this yeah. is this the Jerry Lewis that wrote Great Balls of Fire? Oh, silly, oh, silly boy! I can see where you would make that uh, that mistake. That's Jerry Lee Lewis, legendary rocker. Jerry Lee Lewis of Great Balls of Fire fame. That's I was talking about the. I guess you'd call him comedian, though I never found him that funny. Jerry Lewis from uh, oh, Dean Martin. The Jerry guy. Lewis. The telethon guy, yeah. He's, uh, Jerry Lewis has always been big and fr- I don't know if Jerry Lewis has passed away, but that was always the joke that Jerry, people didn't really find Jerry Lewis that funny here. He's kind of the zany goofball comedy. Uh, was he, to me, it's not my thing, but the French loved him, huh? Was he a member of the Rat Pack? I, I think he was like in a, on the fringe because Dean Martin was part of the Rat Pack with Sammy Davis and Joey Bishop, right? With uh, to Frank Sinatra. Dean Martin. So, uh, Sammy Davis, Joey, 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 uh, Joey Bishop. Bishop. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. It's kind of so Jerry Lewis was kind of like, kind of like uh, the Rob Benefield to the auxiliary. <laughs> game. That, He's kind of well like done. a French player. He's a French player. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, Rob really appreciates that. But I mean, Jerry Lewis is—he's a legend, right? So that's a good thing. But you know, Jerry Lewis is the original Nelly Professor, right? Before Eddie Murphy remade the movie, it was a Jerry Lewis's movie. What? So, For real? You didn't know that? No, I didn't how, know that. How young are y'all? Yeah, yeah and the French I've people ne- believe he's I've a comedic genius. In my life, I've never heard that. Yeah, Jerry Lewis made a lot of movies in the fifties and sixties. I think you know I didn't care for him, but apparently everyone uh, across the pond in in uh, La Francais did. So, uh, and you know the muscular dystrophy tail fawn every every Labor Day he did for uh, kids. Yeah, that's. That's the Jerry Lewis I was referring to. Speaking of uh, the Rat Pack, what was your favorite uh, 
a rendition of uh, Ocean's Eleven, the the old one or the new one? Oh, I never saw the old one, so I guess I got to say the new one uh, because the the, new, the Ocean's Eleven was good. They they started to peter off after that, but uh, the initial one with Clooney and Pitt and I don't know who else is in it. Elliot Gould. Uh, that's that's a really good movie. Yeah, probably the movies from the Brat Pack though. The Brat Pack movies with Judd Nelson and Anthony Michael Hall and, and Molly Ringwald. I like those. But uh, uh, I guess I'll take uh, Ocean's Eleven, the, the newer version. Well, the uh, the old one was pretty good. I, I remember seeing that. It was pretty. It was pretty neat. You got, I think you need to watch the, the the new one first, then go back and watch the old one. But uh, uh, Mr. Roper from Three's Company was in the and in that movie, right? Was his name yeah. Norman? Norman Fell. Norman Fell. He was in that. that uh, that's pretty cool. I always thought he was uh, cool. He was in uh, The Graduate. Yes. And if, uh, if if we can't teach anything about horse racing, which God knows we sure as hell don't, maybe we can teach a little something about pop culture, right, CC? I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've been, I've been around a while. I forgot are, a while are, as well. Are we the Rat Pack? I mean, are we like Frank Sinatra, Sammy <laughs> Davis Jr.? I like to call ourselves the Gate Crew. The Gate Crew? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. If you could be, I, I, I'd be the Dean Martin of that of that group. I think I want to be the Dean Martin woman. Every time I hear those guys, I think of steaks and bottles of wine and fancy restaurants. I mean, that's all I think about when I hear them. I think of like male chauvinism and getting drunk <laughs> and stuff. You know, a, a bygone era, so to speak, smoking a lot of cigarettes. Uh, but you know, they're legends, so. I mean that sounds like a, a, a racetrack crowd if you if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, it sounds like the old, it sounds like modern day Twitter, right? That's exactly right. Brandon, uh, before we cut loose for this uh, outstanding rendition of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, do you think anything you want to add? Any, anybody you want to talk about? Politics, sports? Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Uh, definitely the Bengals. The momentum's there. The storylines there. The the comeback kids, if you will, or people that didn't give him a chance early in the season. Uh, you got Joe, Joe Burrow and Chase. Uh, I, I, the momentum's there. So let's, let's root for Will Nesker and some of his bets, as well as uh, our good friend Alex Achard of the podcast. I mean, outstanding gentleman. And uh, I just can't wait to have Turfway back, and I don't, I don't have to stress about fairgrounds and that Gulfstream Park crap. <laughs> give me a final, final score for the Super Bowl. I think uh, it's going to be 33-30 to 30 Bengals. And Allen has gone on record saying 27-24 Bengals. I've said 35-7 to 7 Bengals. Whoa. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. Good last luck. thing. Last thing. Uh, at Caesars Sportsbook, I believe in southern Indiana, I think I saw where Kentucky is plus 1,200. I guess, what is that, roughly 12-1? to 12-1. To, to win the whole thing. Hundred dollars to win. What say you, Alan Schneider? As, as from an unbiased standpoint, uh, I'd say that's a fair that's a fair line because there's other people. You know, you, when you're close to a situation, people have a tendency to think their team's the only team out there. Purdue's good, Gonzaga's good, uh, yeah, Auburn's good. I don't know if Auburn's quite as good as the other two, but twelve to one's fair. I, I would say if you I, if you were gonna make that bet, I wouldn't talk you off of it. You could have got twenty five to one a month ago. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can get in the 20s, I'd take 20s. I think 12, yeah. it's just, I think it's too low. I think yeah. that ship sailed, though. 
Yeah, it's, it's sale. I think people people realize uh, Kentucky's pretty damn good. But like I said, there's a couple other teams that can win it. But uh, you know, if you, if, it, if you take twelve to one, would you take twelve to one, CC? It's 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 close. You're gonna the problem with that you're gonna have probably three games at the end that's gonna be coin flips. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's yeah, I think Brandon's right. You might want a little bit more, but that's and, that's a that's a maybe we can get Scott Shapiro back on to talk about this stuff. But he he's more football guy. Yeah, so. but he'd probably do it. But Kansas, but what was I say Kansas City? But uh, you know, Cal has in recent years Cal has had a way of losing to teams he shouldn't lose too late in the tournament. So can we, we we could think of Kansas State, we think of uh, Auburn. Uh there's uh, we there's others. So there's that that aspect of it too, but they have as much right to win as anybody else does at this point. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll wind it up here on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers. I'm CC Broadus reminding you at home the gambling money ain't got no home. Good night. Good day.